Hello, Andre here. Welcome to yet another episode of Daily. It's the 1st of June today, a brand new month, and we're coming to the end of the circuit breaker. I trust that many of you are really excited. For those of you who are returning to work, I pray grace and grace on you even as you make that transition. Stay safe, stay well, may God's presence be with you. Let's begin the podcast. I'm sure many of you are aware of what's going on in the US. There have been large-scale protests and riots uh, that were sparked off uh, over the unjust death of an African-American man while he was in police custody. The video of uh, his death was absolutely horrifying to watch and uh, I, I can't even begin to comment on how unjust his death was. And I'm sure many of you who have watched the video and understand the pain and the sufferings of the African-American community, particularly in the US, would feel the same way as well. And of course, um, that act of injustice just sparked off a series of protests and riots uh, out in the streets of uh, Minnesota and now it's in different places, uh, even in LA. And I was just looking at some of the news reports and pictures of the riots and I was just heartbroken because some of the places that were utterly trashed and looted were places that I've been to, that I go on occasion when I used to live in the US. Uh, They were my favorite stores and they're all burned down, looted, destroyed. And it's just heartbreaking uh, to watch. Now, all this to say, in no way am I... Uh, even remotely suggesting that I understand or fully comprehend the pain of what people living there are going through. I am not an American, nor am I African-American. I for certain do not comprehend nor have remotely experienced much of the pain that I've just described. However, as a pastor, I can't help but notice the reactions of Christians, uh, people who profess to follow Jesus, uh, the way they would react and respond in moments like these. um, For one, moments like these should stir up some kind of emotion within us. We shouldn't be callous to a point where seeing injustice and pain and human suffering and be completely numb or apathetic to it. No, it should move us. It should move us, not just in our minds, but it should stir our hearts emotionally. We should get angry. We should feel sad. We should feel the entire gambit of human emotions. But situations like these, you know, moments like this shouldn't surprise us, right? The Bible talks about the last days that we're living in, these end times, that it's filled, it will be filled with chaos, it will be filled with hate for one another, it will be filled with confusion and deception, and in many ways we are experiencing much of it today, and I believe with all my heart that this is but a foretaste of that which is to come. And so in recent weeks, in light of what we're seeing and experiencing, especially over the last few days, I've been really drawn to uh, the apocalyptic texts in the Bible. I've been reading a lot of the book of Revelations, but also trying to go through the epistles and the gospels and trying to find some kind of pastoral direction or pastoral instruction for how we ought to conduct ourselves as believers, as followers of Jesus in the last days, in times of chaos, confusion and deception how do we as the people of god 
conduct ourselves in a manner that is befitting of our King. And so I want to take you to a text this morning from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7. Now, 1 Peter is in an amazing book. It's really short, and I believe it's a real crucial book for us to read in this time. It's only uh, five chapters long. It's a really short read. But 1 Peter uh, was addressed to pilgrims, exiles, or many who believe persecuted Christians who were living in five regions of Asia Minor. And Peter exhorts his readers to emulate the suffering of Christ in their distress to live the way Jesus did in the midst of suffering, in the midst of despair. This is how we, as the people of God, are to conduct ourselves while under exile, while under the oppression, the rule, the tyranny of a kingdom that is contrary to God's kingdom. But Peter also addresses the fact that believers then were living In the last days, they were approaching the last days. And because they were living in such a time, Peter gave them pastoral instruction for what they are to do as the day approaches, what they are to do in the midst of chaos, suffering, and confusion, how they were to conduct themselves. And we read of one of such pastoral instructions in 1 Peter 4, verse 7. And it goes like this. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind, so that you may pray. First off, Peter acknowledges that they were indeed living in the last days, that the end of all things is near, it's at hand in one translation. Now, we have to admit that we live in an age where we rarely talk about the end times, the last days, or eschatology in general, right? And this might be so because of uh, probably some bad prophetic seminars that you've been to or some bad predictions. Or maybe, you know, we have been so conditioned and seduced by this present age. We have become so accustomed to the world that we no longer desire the things of the Spirit, God's second coming. But unless we have an understanding or a theology of the end times, much of the suffering that we see and experience and hear about, we one, wouldn't be able to make sense of, and two, wouldn't be able to see light, hope beyond the present circumstance. And I love that the book of Revelation, that last book of the Bible, is not the revelation of the things to come or the revelation of the Antichrist. No, it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And many of us, you know, we get lost in the sufferings and the trials and tribulations that's described in the book of Revelation and completely miss the point of the book. The point of the book is for us to see the story of God, to see Jesus even in the midst of suffering. But it's also for us to realize that there's coming a day where Christ will be revealed in his fullness, where the fullness of God's kingdom will be established on the earth. And the road to that glorious day will be a road full of suffering. We will have to go through stuff, but we go through stuff with the end in sight, with the end in mind that there is a day, a great day, where Christ will be revealed in his fullness. But until that day, there will be sufferings that we will have to navigate through on earth. And 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7 gives us pastoral instruction on how we are to navigate 
through suffering, through seeing injustices before our eyes. And he says this, we are to be alert, be of sober mind, so that we may pray. The first word, alert, in some translations, it translates to being of sound mind. And it's this idea of being temperate, to exercise self-control. And many times when we see injustices around us, we are immediately moved to an emotional response. And that isn't necessarily a wrong thing. We are to be moved emotionally to feel this kind of righteous indignation in our hearts. So the feeling of anger isn't necessarily bad. But we all know this, that it is what we do with our anger that often gets us in trouble. No matter how righteous or well-founded your anger is, it is never justifiable for you to wish ill, harm, or to hate another person. It is so disconcerting for me to see believers, people who profess to follow Jesus, stand up for justice against hate, but wouldn't think twice about being perpetuators of that same hate themselves. And it could be subtle, right? It may not look like hitting a person or burning down a building, but it may look like having insidious thoughts in your head or that sarcastic, snarky comment that you put on Facebook or Instagram. Now just think about that for a moment. When was the last time you were motivated into acts of Christ-centered love through a sarcastic, snarky comment that you read on Facebook? For certain, I have never been, but if you have, I'm more than happy to be corrected. But all that I'm trying to say here is this, that in order to be a people that walk in integrity, that means, you know, that our thoughts, our actions, the things we say, they're all consistent. In order to be a people that walk in integrity, that same love that provoked those strong emotions of righteous anger in your heart has to be the same love that you treat people, regardless of whether they're your friend or foe, you are to treat them with that same kind of love. Because that's what Christ did and modeled for us through his life. Instead of perpetuating this vicious cycle of vengeance, where one person hurts another person and the other person retaliates with the same kind of hurt, perpetuating an endless cycle of vengeance, which is what we are seeing on the earth right now, Jesus, in the way he chose to live his life, broke the cycle of vengeance by forgiving, by embracing the cross for our sin. And that is what it means to be a Christ follower, to walk in the way of Jesus, where we choose to withhold ourselves from partaking in vengeance, choosing not to hate, but instead love. And through acts of love, kindness, and forgiveness, we herald a coming kingdom full of beauty and goodness. And the next line in 1 Peter 4 that the Apostle Peter calls us to is for us to be sober-minded, for us to uh, be vigilant, be calm, be circumspect. Now, to be sober is obviously the opposite of being drunk. And when you're drunk, you know, you're intoxicated, you can't think clearly, you, you aren't walking circumspectly. And I think the call here is for us to walk circumspectly, for us to be of sound mind, sound judgment, even as we consider our own conduct. Many times when we see injustice and the sufferings of another person, our 
thoughts naturally go outwards instead of inward. But I believe there is a call here for us to be sober-minded, to walk circumspectly, to maybe embrace some form, some manner of introspection in the face of injustice. I think of the lines and parables of Jesus in the gospel, right? Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And the danger here is for us to be so caught up in the evil of another and completely glance over the evil that resides within our own heart, the evil that we may be perpetuating through our choices, our words, our actions. And so I believe that when we see injustices in front of us, around us, our first action shouldn't be a comment or issuing a statement. It should be a moment of sober-minded introspection where we consider our own lives and whether we in any way have perpetuated that same kind of evil to not immediately disconnect ourselves from those evil actions but recognize that we are in many ways susceptible of that kind of evil. It's great that you want to advocate against racism. That is good, that is great, but do you entertain racist jokes in your own life? Do you share racist jokes? Do you embrace certain prejudices and certain perspectives against another race? That is evil too. You want to advocate against the unjust treatment of the migrant workers in Singapore. That is great, that is right, that is good. But how have you been treating your own domestic worker, your helper that is staying with you, being under your employment or living with your family, do you treat her with honor, with dignity, with respect? Because if you don't, that is also a kind of evil. And you may want to advocate against sex trafficking, against this form of modern slavery. But do you watch pornography? Because if you do, you are in many ways encouraging that industry. And that is evil too. So all this to say, when we face injustice, it serves as a moment of introspection where we look within our hearts and discover the evil that's within and to go to God in sincere repentance. Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. And so I believe the pastoral instruction for all of us in this time, even as we're seeing evil all around us in this time, is for us to one, be of sound judgment, be alert, be temperate, to not give in to the way of the world, that which is vengeance and hate, in the name of righteous anger. And this is not saying that we can't advocate, we can't be motivated into action, we can't stand up for what is right, what is true. That is not what I'm saying at all. If you read down further in that text in 1 Peter 4, Peter gives a whole bunch of practical things we can do in response to suffering and injustice. In one line he writes, let him speak as the oracles of God, as representatives of God, as conduits of God. The Bible calls followers of Jesus ambassadors of Christ. We are representatives of God's kingdom on the earth. And regardless of our cause, we ought to hold that responsibility in high regard. We are representatives of our king and we ought to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of our calling. And Peter also calls us to be sober, to walk circumspectly, to embrace a healthy 
kind of introspection in the face of injustice to examine the evil that may be within our hearts and to bring it before God in repentance, to not disassociate ourselves immediately from the evil that we see around the world, but recognizing that we too are capable of that kind of evil and to come to God with sincere repentance and humility. We need Him. So it is as the Apostle Peter said, it is in alertness and sober-mindedness that we pray. If there's one thing that injustice should do to us, beyond advocacy, beyond commenting on Facebook posts, it should move us into a place of deep prayer intercession because no amount of human ingenuity can solve the issues of this world. We need God and His coming kingdom. We need His spirit, His power, His presence in our cities. And so today, even as we consider much of the evil, the suffering, the injustice that we're seeing around us emerge in this time, let us be moved and postured in a place of prayer and humility. And so let's take a moment this morning. I'm sure many of you, in light of the recent news, have felt this kind of heaviness in your heart. You feel maybe a bit of anger. You feel all these pent-up emotions in your heart that you don't know what to do with. Or maybe you've been confronted with the evil that's in your heart as well and you're uncertain how to move forward even as you're being confronted with much of the darkness that's even within your souls. And so let's take a moment this morning and come to God in prayer. Let's offer to God our feelings, both of guilt and anger, and allow God's Spirit to meet with you in this moment and to transform your heart, to turn you from a person of vengeance into a person of love, and also to turn you from a person who loves evil to a person who loves righteousness. Peter will go on to say this in 1 Peter 5, that God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. And that's what we get to do this morning. We come to God with great humility, and we experience his grace as we cast our cares, our worries, our anxieties, the feelings of anger, our guilt, our shame, and watch Him transform our hearts through the power of the Spirit. Let's spend a few moments dwelling in God's presence and offering our cares, our feelings to Him. Let's spend a few moments doing so this morning. Awesome. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, this day we come to you, our hearts full of gratitude for who you are in our lives. And God, we profess that in many ways we are prone to anger, we are prone to desiring vengeance and ill on another person. And God, we repent of moments where we have entertained thoughts like that, of wishing ill on another person. And God, we ask that you give us grace, help us to love 
even our enemies, even ones who we disagree with. And God, we also pray that you will indeed lead us into the way that's everlasting. God, we repent of evil. We repent where we have uh, even lived hypocritical lives, where we have thought to pursue justice in one area, yet deny it in our lifestyles. God, we repent of those uh, choices that we've made. And God, we ask that indeed you give us grace to live in accordance to your standard, in accordance to much of what we profess to believe in. God, we are so in need of your grace. We ask of your help this day. Help us, O God. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. I hope that you were blessed by today's teaching. May God grant you grace this day. We'll see you in the next episode. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.